0: Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty.
1: All right, Gordon, let's talk a little baseball. Buster Only was on Corvino and Rich. And all this talk about when's baseball coming back? How many games is it going to be? How are they going to figure this out? Are are they going to be in neutral sites? Because if if New York is still in the middle of their COVID-19 pandemic and baseball's back, are the Yankees going to play in, you know, in Arizona somewhere? Well, Buster Olney says the NBA, uh, the ML, I'm sorry, Buster Olney says Major League Baseball, not in the rush to come back.
0: If baseball were to, you know, push to come back, and they're talking about, you know, potentially having this quarantined areas where you you bring together players, uh, you know, the rest of society now is, uh socially distancing and if you were to try to do that and then somebody got sick in these parties let's face it it would have to involve hundreds of people who would be in this quarantine Groundskeepers and athletic trainers and players uh and somebody got sick then baseball potentially could become part of the problem and develop a hot spot versus being potentially part of the solution
1: more with Buster Only, who says, you might see seven inning games, a seven inning double header?
0: I think within ten years you might see games reduced to seven innings because mm-hmm. you know baseball it has been really conservative. Rob Manfred's given voice to it about trying to connect with the new generations of fans. And privately, you know, if you talked to people in the game ten years ago and said, "Hey, what about seven inning games to you know get the product down to two hours and fifteen minutes, closer to an NBA game?" They would have said, "No way." And now, privately, mm-hmm. a lot of people are believing that uh, that that might be a potential solution. So if it does come back and they do play these double headers, uh, I, I do think that it'll almost be like a, a trial run for seven inning games and for truncating extra innings.
1: You know what, Gordon? And this, there's an old story, there's an old saying, the old, and you know from experience being in unions and stuff, you have to be careful because you set a precedent. Once Major League Baseball and the Players Association with their fabulous union, which is one of the top unions in the country, not sports, overall, when they agree to a seven inning double header, I'm telling you, I agree with Busted. They will definitely be seven inning games.
2: I hate that idea. I mean, out I know of all do. the possibilities of of things that are being floated, and look, this is the time to have conversations, right? We have to get creative, and sometimes when you're forced to get creative, that's sometimes when you come up with your best ideas. This uh, the seven inning game to me. Oh God, I hate that. I, I, I know. I really do. I hate that more than remember the one they floated about putting the guy on second base in like yes. the eleventh inning. Oh, that no. that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Like, how often do you play 11-inning games, really? I mean, is it is it does it really happen that often that games go 15 innings? But, yeah, the seven-inning game, uh, maybe I'm just getting old and cranky. Uh, man, I hate that. I hate that idea.
1: Four hours, Yankees-Red Sox. You good? Or seven uh, innings?
2: I, look... I, I will take a four inning, four hour game right now, Larry. I'm, I'm, I I'm looking forward to a four hour. I'll never complain about a four inning game. I'm in bed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't impact me. No, look, I, I get it. There's, there's ways that you have to shorten the game. It's not, it's, it's not an attractive product, especially for young kids. But it's funny to me if the appeal, if the seven inning game is going to appeal to young kids, I got to be honest with you. When the playoff games start, my kids asleep by the third inning. Yeah. So I mean, what are you going to do there? Everybody gets one strike from now on because the kids are not. I mean, I don't know. I think you have to. You can't. You can't tailor the game too much where it's like you're going overboard and you're destroying the fabric of the game. Where is if you could get it so where guys stay in the box? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really the, the, the solution. Get the ball, throw the ball, A pitch clock. I would much rather have a pitch clock than seven mm-hmm. inning games.
1: I hear you. Let's talk a little football, Gordon. You know, this Saturday, President Trump met with all the commissioners via conference call. And Jeremy Fowler on game night said, well, the president told commissioners what they wanted to hear, especially in the NFL.
3: There's a feeling that President Trump was going to provide that message to them. I think, you know, for the people I spoke to felt that he was going to project that sort of optimism. Uh, so that doesn't really change a whole lot from their plans other than. That's probably what they wanted to hear because they're hearing a lot of the other side out there, which is there's there are too many unknown variables to to really even be optimistic about a season.
1: And Roger Goodell, who has already said in the NFL, we're having the draft. We're not moving the draft. Look, there's no people there, but we're having the draft. It may be a virtual draft. So Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, who was on the Adam Schefter podcast, says trades uh, might not see a lot.
3: You know, if you're trying to, let's say trade up for a pick um, or, or trade out of a pick, you know, I may have three different people talking to three different teams and I may be texting back and forth with one um, that I've had a conversation with. So you could have different options on the table, Adam, and that's where it will get harder because, you know, you can only talk to so many different people in remote sites um, to whereas normally you'd be in the same room, you know, five, six feet away from each other. So, I think all that will limit um, to your point, and and I wouldn't be surprised if there were less trades this year than what we normally
1: see. Interesting. Speaking of the draft, Todd McShay was on the Michael K. show with Michael Don and Peter, and they asked him, what do you expect from the J-E-T-S Jets at number 11?
3: The Jets should be in a good situation. They want quarterbacks to go, as most teams do. They want Burrow to go. They want Tua to go. They want Jordan Love and Justin Herbert to go. I think Joe Douglas would love to be sitting there at 11 and looking at Jerry Judy, the best wide receiver in the class and two or three of the top offensive tackles. So on the board to me, whether it's Tristan Worfs from Iowa, I like Jedrick Wills a lot from Alabama. Any one of those tackles, you got uh Mikai Becton, who's three hundred and sixty three pounds and ran a five one oh in the forty yard dash, he's a freak out of Louisville. So there's a lot of talent at offensive tackle and at wide receiver. So knowing those guys like it wouldn't even surprise me if they moved back a little bit and took advantage of a team that was freaking out and trying to move up and go get a player that they wanted at that spot. Because with four offensive tackles and five wide receivers that all belong in the first round, if you can move back just a few spots and get a, an extra pick or two and still get basically the same player, why wouldn't you? They'll sit tight. They won't move up, as my guess, and they will... uh They'll wind up drafting the best player available, if not moving back and still getting that same player with a, an extra pick or two.
1: Hmm, interesting. So after giving his thoughts about the Jets, Todd McShay was asked, "Well, we know who's not going to be around at number four, but maybe Simmons would be the right pick for the Giants?
3: I think so. I think what was it? Carl Banks is last time they spent a first-round pick on a linebacker. But what does that matter? That's the thing with Simmons. And he, listen, he's not." completely developed yet he can get a little bit better at his recognition skills versus the run and getting taking on blocks but this guy is everything you want if you're a defensive coordinator in the NFL right now because what the problem is you're starting to see more and more teams offensively going to the no huddle and tempo and trying to force you to stay on the field with your personnel right so if you have a linebacker who can play in the slot, who can cover a tight end if you flex that tight end out, who can cover a big wide receiver, who can play the single high safety spot on occasion if if you're stuck in, in that kind of personnel grouping, and if you watch the Ohio State game, his the interception he makes where he goes 30 plus yards and, and goes over and plucks it like a corner, you just don't, you don't find many guys like that at six Three two forty running the speed that he runs, so I think Simmons again, while not completely developed, is so intriguing to a lot of teams because of, of today's NFL and, and what you're trying to combat defensively against these these new school offenses.
1: You know, Gordon, this is going to be a fascinating draft for both of the local football teams. I'm, I'm very curious to see what Joe Douglas is going to do at eleven. Dave Gettleman, Giant fans really have been disappointed in him. I think Simmons is the right pick for them at four.
2: I will be shocked if that's the direction they go. After all, the Dave Gettleman has talked about the Hog Mollies and the big guys up front. Considering where they are, if something strange does not happen in front of them that allows you know one of the the top two guys to drop to them into their lap, which would be absolutely bizarre. I'll be shocked considering. That that's an area where they have spent some resources already, but it's nowhere close to being a perfect unit. That they won't go an offensive lineman. I really would, I, and especially Simmons. I, 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 again, especially after signing uh, Martinez from Green Bay, and you know, trying to improve the defense. Their defense certainly needs some improvement. They certainly need a lot more talent there. But I'll be stunned if the first round they are not taking an offensive
1: lineman. Yeah, it will be interesting because both teams need some offensive linemen.
2: Let me ask you this. What do you think the Jets need more? Do they need a wide receiver more or do you think they need a lineman?
1: I think they need a lineman because the wide receivers are so deep, Gordon. I yeah, think they can, can get, get, get another wide round. receiver later. Right. They need a line. Listen, they need a defensive lineman. <laughs> they, yeah. When we talk about the offensive line, they've done a nice job and through the free agency and getting some depth. If their guy is there at 11, okay, I understand why you would take that. And that gives you a chance to, you know, to build your, to give him, he doesn't have to play right away. You can let him sit for a year, watch the veterans play and then stick him in on occasion. But, uh, to be honest, they could use some corners, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like how Todd said, well, the Jets should be in a good situation at 11. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of teams. should be. You know what I think the, 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 this, the, the, the obstacles of this year will show even mm-hmm. more so? You just know it doesn't really matter where you pick. It's who you pick and, and how right. good of a team you are. And And while there's unique challenges this year as opposed to other years, the good teams, they'll still be good. The bad teams will still figure out a way to screw it up.
1: Yeah, because, you know, this year more than ever, Gordon, it's best player available. That's what it is this year, more than ever.